We are just a couple days away from 2019. People are planning their New Year's Eve parties or thinking about resolutions, and almost without a doubt, most individuals have an expectant presumption that somehow 2019 will be better than ever. In reality, the Apostle Paul tells us in that last letter he wrote to Timothy, remember this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. And in that second letter to Timothy, he not only said that we would be experiencing difficult times, but he said as they progress, things will go from bad to worse. If we think about the reality that although we're changing into a new calendar year, we're just moving from one day to the next. In this case, it'll be from moving from Monday to Tuesday, from December 31st to January 1st. And there are certain things that we recognize that are somewhat unsettling. People that watch the stock market better be individuals that like riding roller coasters. Up and down they go. And we are told that they are hitting lows that haven't been seen since the Great Depression. Individuals that put their hope in government find squabbling, difficulties, tensions, irrationalities, almost insurmountable problems. Whether it has to do with do we keep our troops in certain countries, or bring them home? Do we have political figures that are opposed to the military leaders, individuals resigning because they can't agree? Or maybe it has to do with immigration. Maybe it has to do with health care. Maybe it has to do with how the government can be our answer all to all of our problems. Or maybe we recognize that there are certain things that affect us of which we have very little control, whether it's an eruption of a volcano, an earthquake, tsunamis that come from it, or the wiping out of a whole community, ironically known as paradise, by raging fires uncontrollable by men. Yesterday is history. So either don't look back with regret or think about the good old days. They're gone forever. Tomorrow is a mystery. And to so many individuals, it can be very unsettling to think about the problems and the lack of solutions and answers that typically give people a sense of well-being. You and I, as we go into the future, need something to provide us with a right outlook on life and the future itself. And my thought was, there's nothing better than this simple little psalm, Psalm 121, for us to reflect upon with the conclusion of one year and moving into another. Psalm 121 says, a song of ascent. In other words, it's a pilgrim song. 
It's a song for the traveler. The traveler who, in the case of the use of this song, was actually making a physical journey. But it's also reflective upon individuals who are passing through life itself and the journey that we're on. And the psalmist says the following, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From whence shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord. Notice all capital letters. My help comes from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel neither will neither sleep nor uh, slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. This song was written by an individual, very obviously, but he never gives us his name. Most literature tells us it was written most likely during the time of David or Solomon, early in the United Kingdom period. We also see that this song is a song which expresses trust or confidence, and in that regard, praise. But it was written specifically for those taking a journey or those taking a trip from wherever their hometown was in the land of Israel, ascending up, going up to Jerusalem. And what is so amazing is for us to recognize that all men under Mosaic law were required to make that trip to Jerusalem three times a year. That would be the adult men and every young boy who had passed through his bar mitzvah, having become a, become a son of the covenant somewhere around the age of 13, would also be making that trip as well. Now, if you plan to make a trip, you have a lot of things that you need to put in order. Now, it is real that this trip would maybe be 100 miles in length, but often walked. And they would be leaving their wives, their young children, home in their town or village without any individuals there to watch over and protect. If I get ready to go on a trip, I got to make sure bank account is all straightened out, bills are paid. Got to make sure, you know, the house is taken care of. It'll be locked up and secure while I'm gone. Make sure the car is ready and everything needful for that trip. Or if I'm flying, we got my tickets, etc. Everything is in place. So here are these individuals going away to Jerusalem at the command of the Lord, leaving wives and young children behind in villages that now had no male protectors over them. In the same way, these are individuals who are making that journey from hometown to Jerusalem itself. And because of that, 
there could be great apprehension. The psalmist says, I will lift up my eyes to the mountains, to the hills. He's looking to the land of Judah. He is looking to the mountains that surround Jerusalem. He is looking to passage uh, to Jerusalem itself. It could be a treacherous journey. It could be a time where maybe the pathways, the little roadways, were difficult to pass. It could be a time where individuals would be hiding to plunder the pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem. You remember the story the, that was told by the Savior, the Good Samaritan. There was an individual that was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And he was attacked on that trip. As you go through the various ravines, behind rocks or over a hill, Bandits could be waiting on the unsuspecting traveler. And so this psalm was written as a way to reflect upon the difficulties that could be faced in their journey. And through that as a figure for the difficulties that we're all facing as we go through life. And so it was written for the benefit of the pilgrims as they were traveling from their hometown to Jerusalem on those three appointed times a year to worship the Lord. You'll notice it's called a song of ascents. It is one of the goings up. It is a pilgrim song. It was to be used as these men were making their journey. And in this song, you see that the psalmist faces his fears. Something very important for every one of us to do recognizes his inadequacy. What's going to keep you secure when the stock market falls? What keeps you secure? from the natural disasters that come? What keeps you secure from the plotting of evil men who try to harm others for their own malicious intent? The psalmist recognized, I don't have the resources in myself or in my possessions. A comprehension that very few come to grips with as they go through life. We think we're capable in and of ourselves to take care of the dangers, the difficulties, the problems that come. And that's why we're so often surprised at the fiery trial that comes. We get blindsided of the unexpected. And then we're not sure what it is that we need to do. This song is an expression of confident trust in the Lord who gives one security in the difficulties of life. You should also notice that the song changes. Verses 1 and 2 
are in the first person. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where or whence shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord, from Yahweh, who made heaven and earth. Now in verse 3. He will not allow your foot to stumble. He who keeps you. So we're now looking at it from the second person with a reflection upon what the Lord does for these individuals. This song was an antiphonal song. In other words, it's as if while they were traveling, the one, one of the individuals would begin to sing the song in the first person. We're heading to Jerusalem. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where will my help come? My help comes from Yahweh who made heaven and earth. And then the rest of the travelers break out in song of a reflection upon God's care for those who put their trust in him. It is the recognition that Yahweh is the one who protects his own. We also find that the psalmist not only uses the term of help, where will my help come from? And the Lord is the one who helps me. He is my helper. Please remember the significance of that Hebrew word. It means that he is the one that is able to perform and do what I cannot do. He has capabilities that I don't possess. He is the one who helps me. He infuses me with things that I do not have. And the other term that is of great interest in this psalm is that word keep. Now in our English translations, and I've looked at a various number of them, there is a tendency to want to make it more readable. So we change the word to a synonym, something similar. But five times in this psalm, the Hebrew author used the word keep. It is a word which means to lock secure, to protect, to hold on to, to sh uh, shelter. Notice it says, verse 3, He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel. Then if you look down in verse 7, The Lord will keep you says protect in my version from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard, it says in my version. It's the Lord who will keep you in your goings out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. You get the point. Whether you're on a journey or whether you're going through the journey of life, where is the security for God's people? kept safe in the everlasting arms of the Lord. Now, how is it that he develops this idea? Well, in verses 1 and 2, we have the confession of the psalmist. He expresses his concern first. I will lift up my eyes to the mountains. Some individuals have erroneously translated the second half of this to say, that's where my help comes from, from the mountains. No, that's not what it's saying. It says, I look to the mountains. 
It's a place of possible harm and difficult distress. I can be taken unexpectedly. Where will my help come from? I'm anxious. And so I speak to myself. Just like when anxious fears or thoughts well up within any one of us, at times we need to say to our soul, Be still, my soul. The Lord is on your side. Bear patiently with whatever comes because He will protect and provide. The providential care of the Lord for His people as they go through the affairs of life. And that's how he reassures himself. My help, the one who provides me with more than I have on my own, who is able to do things I cannot do for myself, comes from the Lord. Yahweh, the personal God, the great I Am, the covenant-making and the covenant-keeping God. Why is it when you look around at the circumstances and you can begin to despair and become overwhelmed like was true of Jeremiah? Well, unlike Jeremiah, you need to remember this. You recall this to mind. It's of the Lord's compassions that were not consumed. His mercies are new when? Every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The recognition of the care of the Lord. And so he speaks to his own soul. He speaks to himself. My help is not from princes, from armies, from locked doors, from a big bank account, from what princes and men can do for me. My help comes from Yahweh. And is this being I am trusting capable of taking care of me? who made heaven and earth. He speaks, and it is so. We are still trying to penetrate the depths of the mysteries of God's creation, and we should marvel at the wisdom that called all of this into being. And even though you may be perplexed and at your wit's end and not know what to do with your problem, your help is Yahweh who made heaven and earth. No problem is too difficult for him. He has the wisdom to deal with the issue. So often our resources are too limited. How about with our God? He just spoke and there was a display of his power to bring all the universe into existence. So how is it we can become fearful and unsettled even though this world is filled with change and uncertainty? I, the Lord, says our God, change not. We are secure in him. So while the psalmist looks at his difficulties and his problems, the potential danger that lies ahead, he recognizes that as I face those problems, my confident trust, my hope is in Yahweh, the personal God, who certainly has the power, who has displayed his wisdom to know that he can take care of my needs.
And after he expresses that conviction, we see that the chorus of individuals, the choir, join in and reaffirm the fact that this God is not far away. He is intimately involved in the lives of his people and providentially watches over us wherever we may be and wherever we may go. He who keeps you, he will not allow your foot to slip. He doesn't slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Notice that it looks at both the individual and all of the covenant community. I know God has a big job trying to watch out for me because of dumb decisions I can constantly make. But the beauty is that there's not a limitation because of how much he has to care for me that there's not an overflow for you. He won't allow your foot to slip and the one who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. You know, we can try so hard to stay awake and fulfill and do what it is we need to accomplish. And the reality is so often sleep overcomes us. We're just exhausted. We have no resource left. God never needs to be rejuvenated. God doesn't have to take a break. When you lie down to sleep and you have no idea of all the evils that may fall upon you, the angel of the Lord is still camping round about those who fear him, watching over and guarding and protecting so that only that which is for the good of his child is what comes to pass in every circumstance of life. He neither sleeps nor slumbers, watches out for each individual who has put his or her trust in him, as well as caring for the whole covenant community. The Lord is your keeper. He is your shade on your right hand. In other words, he is at the place of power. He is there to take care of the need of his people. And so, the sun will not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. So we were making our recent trip, traveling along through zero to five degrees of temperature, or during the summertime to travel along and it's 90, 100, etc. I don't know about you, but I like comfort. And I'm so thankful that I can turn the heat on in my car. Or if it starts to get too warm, I turn on the air conditioning. And just a cool, nice, whatever your ideal temperature is that you enjoy on your whole trip. Not when you're walking along. The sun beats down on you by day trying to find your way at night. People talked about difficulties that can come from the moon lit at night. In fact, that's where we get the term lunatic, lunacy, from the luna, from the moon. The 
way it can have an effect on people? Who is it that keeps you from sunstroke or going crazy? Who is it that watches over you while you travel on your journey? Not someone far off. He's right there at your right hand, intimately caring for his people as they make their way. The Lord will protect you. So now from the physical things that may come, he moves on to the reality of whatever difficulty you may look at, whatever evil you may have to face, most importantly, that which can harm the essence of your being, your very soul. The Lord keeps you. He protects you. He's your security. He's better than lifelock. He provides for you all that's essential for your well-being as you go through life. He will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep you're going out, you're coming in. Watching over your person, watching over your activities, caring for his people. And he doesn't just do it for a little while. From now on and into the ends of the days, forever, forever. So what are we learning from this? What do we need to comprehend? Life is full of difficulties and dangers. At times we could wish that God would just remove them and we wouldn't have to face them. But the reality is in his wisdom he takes us through them because I have a long way to go to be into the image of Jesus Christ. And so do you. And God takes his children through those times of great difficulty to purify us and prepare us for glory. God also takes us through those difficult times in life because that's when we learn more about him and his sufficiency. That's when we begin to see how great is the Lord our God. And as we think of what we can count on as we go through the difficulties in life, is the first reality that God's care for me is personal. He looks after me as an individual. It isn't just what's happening for the good of all of his people. God takes every one of us through different journeys in life. But wherever we are, he has orchestrated them for our good. And he is always there at our right hand. And ever present help in any time of trouble. He is there watching over his own. Not only do we recognize that this care that God has for his own is personal as he individually watches out for us. This care that God has for his own is continual. He's not on a shift He's not on for 12 hours and off for 12 hours. He's not working, you know, 11 months of the year and he takes a vacation on the other month. He doesn't have a holiday or a vacation. Doesn't matter whether it's morning, noon, or night. 
Doesn't matter whether it's day or night. Doesn't matter whether it's today. Doesn't matter whether it'll be tomorrow. He is continually involved in protecting, watching over, providentially caring for everyone who puts his or her confident trust in him. Not only is it personal, not only is it continual, but this is what is also very important for us to understand. It's effectual. You know how many sheep God loses? None. Isn't that what Jesus said? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one can pluck them out of my hand. And the Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one can pluck them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father were of the same essence, it's the Almighty God who is caring for his people. And so we can say with the Apostle Paul, who will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus the Lord? Shall tribulation, distress, shall sickness, suffering, harm? So things present or things to come? Spiritual unseen things or things on the earth? Paul said, I am convinced that nothing can separate the people of God from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, the Lord. It's an effectual care. He will not allow your foot to uh, slip. He is the one that shades you from the evils that come. He is the one that protects your very being from all evil. He's the one that's watching over all of your affairs when you go out and when you come in. And finally, there's not an end to this care that he has for his people from this time forth and forevermore. God is eternally watching over his own, keeping and protecting them unto eternal glory that they will be with him forever. I don't know about you, but I don't have rose-colored glasses when I think about 2019. I've seen a lot of uncertainties and difficulties and problems that people have faced in 2018. And the thing that I do know from the authority of God's Word is that in these last days, difficult times will come. And that as we await the return of Jesus Christ to establish His kingdom on the earth... I also know that things are going to go from bad to worse. I have it on the authority of God's word. But more importantly, I know that my well-being is safe and secure in the Lord my God. Amen. He is the one that keeps me. He is the one that watches over me. He is the one that guides and protects me. He is the one that guarantees that everything that comes into my experience will work together for good for everyone who loves God and is called according to his purpose as he moves in the affairs of life 
to conform every one of his children into the image of Jesus Christ, the Lord. The Lord himself, Yahweh, the great I am, the covenant-making, the covenant-keeping God, the one who chose us from before the foundation of the world, the one who commanded light to shine in our darkened hearts to give us an understanding of his truth, the one who gave his only beloved son, how will he not with him also freely give us all things? He is the one that keeps me. He is my security. He is my rock. He is my refuge. He's my ever-present help in any time of trouble. And so as I think about a coming year, I say, my soul, wait in silence for God only. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. On God, my salvation and my glory rest. The rock of my strength, my refuge, is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 62, 5-8. Or as the psalmist says, more secure is no one ever than the loved ones of the Savior. Not yon star on high abiding, nor the bird in home nest hiding. I lift up my eyes to the hills, to the mountains. What will tomorrow hold? What problems do I have yet to face? None of us know. But what a place of a sense of well-being what a place of calm composure if with the psalmist you're able to say, my help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He is my keeper. And what he takes or what he gives us, it shows the Father's love so precious. We may trust his purpose holy is his children's welfare solely. Boy, to God alone be the glory.